Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, how you doing this morning? Yeah? Yeah? Come on, you're doing good. Jesus, he's still on the throne, right? Yeah. Come on, you got to act like it. Come on, give God some praise. Yeah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, huh? Church is still fun. It's still powerful. All right? Come on, why don't you stand with me one more time? I can have you stand one more time. Um, um, I did get invited to the young adult party. Uh, but we'll, we'll be checking ages at the door, so don't. I know some of you are going to try to sneak in, who are too old to attend the young adult party. Yeah, a little. Okay, season. Okay, let's just say season. A little too season. That's more appropriate. So we will be having security at the door. Amen. But it should be fun. Amen. It, it'll be fun. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And all the things that's that's happening in the in the church, amen. Um, so it's awesome. So I'm um, we're starting a new series um, called uh, "Change Is Coming." All right. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> all right. Praise God. Change is coming. Uh, to me, that's exciting. Yeah. I think it's appropriate for it being uh, with it being uh, Advent month. Um, where, where we know that it's, it's about the coming of Jesus as we await for the second coming of Jesus. Amen. Um, so change, so j- change is coming. Change, change, change is coming. I don't, I don't know if you're excited about that, but I've been praying for you. And the Lord wants you to know that change is coming. I don't know what you've been praying about. I don't know what you've been waiting for. But the spirit of the Lord says change is coming. Change is coming. Amen. So I'm going to be reading out of Mark 8. Mark 8. We're going to start in verse 20. And it says, then he came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him. And they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Mm. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked, somebody said, that's just nasty. (laughs) That's that's just nasty. I know it's Jesus, but that's just nasty. Come on, somebody said, that's just nasty. So he put his hands on him. He asked him if he saw anything. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. 
and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Tell anyone in the town. How many know miracles can be messy? Miracles can be messy. So I want to talk to you today about how God can turn your mess into a miracle. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that, man, we can call, call on you and you, you, you will answer. You are, you are a God that is near. Lord, because your word says if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. We ask you to, to draw near to us right now, Lord God. We are here. We're ready to receive from you, Lord God. I know that you will do something dynamic today, Lord God. I know that you will do something, Lord, that will change someone's life today, Lord God. Father, we're not here, Lord God, uh, to play church today, Lord God. We want to receive all that you have for us today, Lord God. Lord, do your thing in this place, Lord God. I thank you for using me as your vessel today, Lord God. What a great honor it is, Lord God. So I give you my mind, think with it. I give you my vocal cords, speak, speak through them, Lord God. Have your way today, Lord. We don't want regular church. We want to see you move in this place. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give him some praise. Yes. Yes, you may be seated in the house of the Lord, or you can just stand for the rest of the service. So change, change is coming, but sometimes change can be messy. Change can be messy. And um, that's just what God does, right? He takes our mess and turns it into a miracle. How many feel like you got some mess going on in your life right now? How many will admit that um, if you're not churchy, you, you will admit that, that you are a mess? Is anyone that's, how many just put your hands up, be, let your neighbor know that you are a mess? Just, yeah, you could turn to him, just say, listen, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm just a mess. Just a mess. But say, but let them know that you're a mess too. You're, you're a mess. You are just, you are just a mess. Just messy. Just mess. But God knows that, right? God knows that. He takes our, our, our mess and turns it into a miracle. Um, so I believe that he's going to do that in this church. I believe that as I'm praying for you, that God is going to turn some things around in your life. But we have to let him. We have to let him um, do those things. Amen. So I love this story because this isn't a perfect example how miracles can be messy. All right, because um, because life is messy, but God works best in the midst of that mess. See, if everything was perfect, what would we need God for? We wouldn't pray, right? We wouldn't connect with Him, right? But we miss out so much on life, so much on what all that God has for us, 
Amen? And so, so life is messy. Life can be very challenging, right? But God is near. He is, he is near, and he, he, he wants us. Here, here's what the Lord wants us to do. He is waiting. He wants us to invite him into our mess so that he, he can show, show his love, so that his love is more powerful than your mess. And then you watch him turn your mess into a miracle. So I want you to write that down. I want you to write that down. So God is waiting for you to invite him into your mess. So he can show you his love is more powerful than your mess. And you watch him turn your mess into a miracle. Turn your mess into a miracle. Is that exciting? And so... Um, this text, like I said, is a perfect example of a messy miracle, right? So this is one of the two um, miracles recorded in Mark. You only see this in, in Mark. You know, one um, chapter 7, it talks about a, a deaf man that, that Jesus healed. And now this chapter talks about a blind man that Jesus healed. And there were some similarities between the two. Uh, one, they both have friends bring them to Jesus. If you read chapter 7 and, you read ta- and, and this chapter, which we just read, they both have friends to, uh, that brought them to Jesus. Amen? See, I want friends like that, right, where, where maybe I'm discouraged, Right. Maybe I'm going in the, uh, the way that that the uh, Lord has not attended me to. I want friends who bring me to Jesus. Yeah. Come on. We need to get back as a, as a church, as believers. We need to bring our friends to Jesus. Yeah. A lot of times we get with certain people. Right. We follow we follow them right into into areas that God doesn't want us to go. But we, we need to be leaders, right, in our communities and in our friendships, and we need to bring them to Jesus. Yes. How many got friends that need a little Jesus? Yes. Come on, we need friends like that. We need friends like that, right, who bring people to Jesus. Yes. Amen? And so the uh, second similarity was Jesus led them both away from the crowd. He led them both away from the crowd because people can be distracting, right? So God was doing, Jesus was about to do a new thing in their life, so he had to remove them from the crowd. He had to remove them from what was familiar. Amen? So when God's trying to do a new thing in your life, be prepared that he's going to remove you from a crowd. He's going to remove you from certain people. Amen? Because everyone cannot go with you. Right? Right? Everyone cannot go where where God is taking you. And so he's going to remove you from certain people. See, certain, some people will distract you. Right? It will pull you from your purpose. Right? So you can modify your life to please them and not God. I mean, some people will just pull you from your purpose. 
Amen? Because they have needs. <laughs> right? And they want you to support their needs. And so God will pull you from the crowd, pull you away from the crowd. So that way he'll have you to himself. There will be no distractions. Amen? I mean, we, we can easily be distracted by people because we want to, sometimes we please, we want to please people more than we please God. Wow. Well, God's, God's doing a new thing in your life. He says you can't be around the same, the same people. You can't be around the same people because I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to do a, a new thing. I'm about yeah. to do a new thing in your life. And you got to be careful even with family. Even with family, they can be the worst, right? They see a change in you. They see you're starting to act and talk like Jesus, amen, and all of a sudden they, 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 they give you a need. They, they give you a need and they want you to, to help them with that need, right? They want you to focus on their stuff and not what God called you to do. They're pulling you away from your purpose. You pull you away. See, God wants to be number one. See, first of all, what we have to know that people belong to God and not to us. Wow. Wow. So you can't help everybody because you're not God. Wow. You're not assigned to every problem that someone has. <laughs> right? Don't, don't start to meddle with people's problems. <laughs> right? So sometimes the best thing you can do is be one of those friends. Hey, I have a solution for you. Come with me to church. Hey, I'm going to bring you to, go pray. Let's pray together. I'm going to lead you to Jesus. <laughs> right? I know you're saved, but this moment right now, the problem that you're having, you need to be led to Jesus. Because I can't help your problem. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not Christ. I'm not God. Right? But I know he can answer. I know he can help you. I know he can help you. We can't fix everyone's problems. God wants us to focus on our purpose, the purpose that he's given us. Amen? So God's about to do a new thing. He's going to pull you away from what's distracting you. Amen? I, th I think that's really powerful, how, how God pulled them both from the crowd. And the third thing, the third similarity, is Jesus used his spit to heal them. And that's just nasty. I don't know about you. I don't know where y'all came from, but where I came from, when you spit on someone, that's, it's about to be on. <laughs> There's no questions asked. You don't, we don't need a debate. We don't need to have a conversation. It's about, it's about to be on. So I wonder what was this guy's reaction, amen? Because, of course, he couldn't see the spit. He was blind. So Jesus spit on him. He was like, I mean, he had to be like, what? The? I mean, because think about it. Jesus had to heal him twice. Because I think the first time it caught him off guard. It's like, wait, what's this? Jesus is like, what do you see? I see spit. <laughs> He probably caught him off guard, so he had to heal him twice. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> so I don't, I mean, you read throughout commentaries, they, you know, try to break down why did Jesus, 
um, um, spit on him. He spit on the other guy too. And he, you know, why why did he do that? Like I don't really know, but I but I but I do realize I, I saw a connection in Revelations three um, of fifteen when um, uh, Jesus was speaking to the church of Ladeo Seal, and it says um, in uh, Revelations three. It says, 3.15 says, I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I vomit you out of my mouth. So I saw a connection here. It's because when Jesus was speaking to the church, he hated their condition. He didn't hate the people, but he hated the condition, their condition. So he, he, so he said he doesn't like lukewarm. He, he spits it out. Amen. So he hates their, their condition. And so, uh, so for me, I saw the connection there where he hated the man, the blind man's condition. He didn't hate the man, but he just hated the condition. Amen. Because Jesus don't like when we are lukewarm. And I can relate to that because I don't like lukewarm coffee. That's just nasty. I want to spit it out all the time. Like I have to have, minds have to be out. I'm not trying to act like I'm super spiritual, right? But I do relate it to my walk with Christ. Every, my coffee must be steaming hot. It must be steaming hot. I don't want it. I wouldn't drink it. I mean, people have gone out to breakfast and to lunch with me, and they, they get embarrassed because I ask them to bring the coffee back, right, because it's not hot. Right. And so I don't like lukewarm coffee. So um, so Jesus don't like when we are lukewarm. Like he don't like when we're lukewarm, like he likes when we are hot or. OK, so if you don't want to be hot, but then just be cold. <laughs> this like we have to make up, make up our, our mind. Right. Because we cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve two masters. You're going to get tired. You know, you're going to choose. Eventually, you're going to choose one. But here's the problem. When we try to serve two masters or when we are lukewarm, we hurt people along the way. This, somebody get this fly out of my face. <laughs> this is nasty. All in my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, what's the anointing, right? So the Lord doesn't want us to to, uh, to try to live in both worlds. Amen. We some some people are out there trying to serve the world in the church at the same time. You cannot do that. Amen. God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. Amen. He wants us to be on fire for Him at all times, in every season, even when times of trouble. Amen? Because that's when God moves the most. (laughs) When we need him the most. (laughs) When we call on him the most. Amen? And so God wants us to be on fire for him. Amen? So he doesn't want us to have one foot in in our past and one foot in our future. You know what I'm saying, right? You know, too many times we dwell on things that has passed. Amen? 
God wants us to focus on what, where he's bringing us to, what he's trying to do in our lives. Amen? Not what had happened 10 years ago, five years ago. Amen? God said, come on, let's just move on. I have so much more in store for you. Amen? And so I find it fascinating that there were these uh, uh, similarities in the, in the two here. Amen? And so, so let's talk about this. When God, um, ways that God can turn your mess into miracles. You ready for this? All right. So the first one is when you have eyes to see God in your mess. Hallelujah. When you have eyes to see God in your mess. Matthews 13, 16 says, but blessed are your eyes because they see in your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but not see it and hear what you hear, but not hear it. So here's Jesus talking to the disciples saying, y'all blessed because y'all get to hear this stuff and you understand it. You actually see it with your spiritual eyes and you actually hear it with your spiritual ears. So you are blessed. So blessed are those who see and hear what, what the Lord is telling you. See, the image of seeing and hearing refers to the ability to understand with your heart. Mm. The eyes of your understanding, the Lord wants to bless. When you understand with your heart, you will accept, receive, respond to the person and the message of Jesus. Come on. Come on, somebody. Respond to the person and the message of Jesus. See, some of us want Jesus, but not his message. Right? So God doesn't want us to play church, right? God doesn't want us to just want Jesus and not his, not his message. Because if you want Jesus, then you got to follow his message. Because he told the disciples, he says, to drop your nets and to follow me. Right? And so that's how we have to live our life is to drop our, drop our nets and to follow him. There's a message. There's a message that, that God has for us that we need to follow. Amen? So some, some people want Jesus, but not the message. They want Jesus to save them, but, but they don't want the message of how to be saved. All right. I might be by myself, but it's, it's okay. I mean, so that's why Jesus asked the disciples, right, about the people. He says, what, who, who do they say I am? Who, like, who, who do they say I am? Right? Because some of them just, can't, because if you read throughout the Bible, and, you know, it, even when Jesus rode, rode in on a, on, a, on, a, on a donkey, 
right? There are people just worshiping him then, right? You know, waving palms, Adam just worshiping um, Christ and his, his coming and, and, and all that. But when he went to the, see, to the cross, all of them were gone. Most of them were gone. See, they were in love with, with Jesus then, right? But when he went to the, to the cross, which was part of the message, no one was there to be found. A lot of them was not there to be found. You know, so, G, so Jesus asked his disciples, like, who do they say I am? And then he asked the disciples, like, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Right? And so they acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah. But when Peter acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah, he did miss the message. Because he denied him three times. Right? Because uh, um, Peter knew that he was the Messiah. Right? But he, he lost the message of his suffering and his death. So, there's a, so we have to be in love with Jesus and his message. Because his, his, he wants us to have ears to hear what he's saying and eyes to see to what he's saying. It's the eyes of our understanding of who he is and what his message conveys. Amen. It's power in Jesus' message. It's power in his words. Amen? Amen. It's not just about his healing. If you're just all about Jesus healing you, restoring you, then you miss the message. Because his message teaches us how to live. His message teaches us how to uh, solve problems. His message teaches us how to go from from one place to the next. Amen? Amen? Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. Thank you. Somebody is getting this today. Amen. See, see, God doesn't want us to be stuck. So if you want to find out how to be unstuck, listen to the message of Jesus. Pick up the Bible. It's full of messages, how you overcome. Amen. How you get through circumstances. Amen. It's just we have a message. We have a message that God wants us to understand. And we understand it in our heart. That's why we put the words of God in our hearts. It's the eyes of our understanding. It's right in the heart. Where's the heart? It's the heart right here. Right here. The heart's right. It's right. It's right here. Right. Well, I have mine's right here because I have a big heart. It's right here. Yeah. The eyes of our understanding. See, when your eyes don't have the understanding, you will adjust to being blind. You will just adjust to being blind. Right? And so I believe this world is a mess because it has adjusted to living blind. We have adjusted to failed marriages. We have adjusted to lukewarm Christianity. We have adjusted to same-sex relationships. We have adjusted to living beneath what God has attended for us. We have adjusted as a society, amen, of living the way that we want to live. Amen? Because we lack that understanding of who God is and what he wants for us. There's a way that God wants us to live. Amen? And we have to understand what he is saying. Eyes to see and ears 
to here. So this, you know, so that's the way that God can turn your mess into a miracle when you see God in your mess, when you pick up the word of God and your situation is messy and you turn, you open up the word and you read the instructions of God and you say, you know what? God can turn my mess into a miracle. I just need to follow his word. Come on, how many people got some mess today? How many people got some mess today? He wants us to, to read and meditate on his word. Read and meditate. I challenge you. You pick some scriptures and you read and you meditate on it. I will tell you that word will come to pass. You got some mess today? Put a word on it. Put a word on it. It will come to pass. Amen? Come on, how many receive that today? Oh, listen, another way that God can turn your mess into a miracle is when you allow your mess to refine you, not define you. Ooh, I, that was that. Yeah, I mean, so Deuteronomy uh, 2 says, um, then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long Enough. Turn north. Skip, skip down to, to verse 7. Then the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey. Mm, do you know God watches over your journey? Amen. He's watching over your journey. In the vast wilderness, these 40 years... The Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. You have not lacked anything. So I want to reread a verse, verse 2. It said, then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now, turn north. Now, turn north. You see, the Israelites here were allowing their mess to define them. They were circling the, uh, the, the mountain, their, their situations for, for too long. They were stuck with no end in sight, right? See, I believe that some people here are, are, are circling the same place, the same problems, amen? See, God doesn't want us to re repeat things over and over because his, his word is what tells us how to overcome things. Yeah. Amen? And so when God doesn't want us to repeat the same problem. He wants us to have, have growth, right? He wants us to evolve as, as people. Amen? I mean, when you, if, when you read the word, man, it shall empower you. It should just empower you. Amen? You know, so you, you have to think about this. If the same problem arises everywhere you go, it's not the place. It's you. 
<laughs> right? Because that means we're just circling the same problem over and over again. We're just circling the same problem. We never deal with it. We never deal with the issue because a lot of times when we deal with problems, it will, it will point right back at us. That God would teach us about us <laughs> to deal with us. Amen? So a lot of times we don't want to deal with us, with ourselves, so we just circle it. We just circle the problem, hoping that it just go away. Hoping that it just go away. But what will happen, you can go to a new place. New place. You don't even see, like, you don't even see the problem anymore. But it's still there. All it's doing is laying dormant. It will come up again. You're still circling. You're just doing it in a different place. <laughs> You're just doing it in a different place. Amen? So if the same problem persists everywhere you go, it's not the place. It's you. Because we give the enemy too much credit. We do. A lot of times we have issues in our lives. So, oh, the enemy's attacking me. No, not really. No, not really. Not really. Right? Because you know where the enemy exists a lot of times? So the enemy is. A lot of times we are our own enemies. Right? And so we give the enemy too much credit. And so we circle problems over and over again. But see, God got tired of them being in the same place because he called them to a different place. Right? He has purpose for them. And so God spoke into their wandering. He let them know that change is coming. Change is coming. He says, you've been here long enough. Now turn north. Now turn north. See, I believe this wasn't just a physical turning, right? This was a focus, a, a shift, a shift of focus, amen? It wasn't just a physical turning. It was a shift of focus. He wanted them to focus, focus on where he is leading them, amen? So God is telling some people here today to turn north, He's not telling you to physically turn north. He says to shift your focus off of your problem or onto him. <clears throat> Is anybody going with me this morning? We got to somebody, some people got to shift their focus on what God is telling them, how God is leading you, right? I know what's going on. You got some mess going on in your life. I know it's really, really messy. It's really, really troubling in your life right now. But he says, take your focus off of what you see and put your focus on what I'm doing in your life. And if you don't know what I'm doing in your life, you don't know what I have for you, seek me for that. Spend a little time with me. Amen? Seek me. Seek my word. Read my word. Pick up my word and read it. Like I have a message for you. I have a written message for you about your life in my word. He thought of all of us 
before the word was written. Amen? God has plans for you. So we need to shift our focus, shift our focus on to him. And I love this. Before, before Mo, he told, before Moses, um, before Moses told them to move forward, he said he wanted them to, to remember. He wanted them to, to remember. He says in verse, go back to verse 7, it says, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey. I mean, he's just saying, he's reminding them because he wanted them to remember. Before we can move forward, he, he, wanted, he wanted them to remember, Lord, your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands, and he watched over you, he's watched over your journey through the vast wilderness, right? He said, these 40 years, the Lord, your God, has been with you, and have, you have not lacked anything. So before you move forward, remember how God has blessed you. Remember all the things that he has done. Because trust me, there are going to be times in your life you need to remember where, uh, what God has done. Because it's going to feel like, it may feel like God is not there. It's going to feel like you're all alone in the mess that you're in. But but, Mo, but Moses is telling y'all, listen, we're going to turn north. We're going to shift our focus. We're going to move forward. We're going we're to go where God's telling us. But I want you to remember all the things that he has done in your life. Because times may be trying. Times may become difficult. And you must remember all that he has done in your life. I will encourage some people here today. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what you're praying for right now. You, you may be struggling right now. I will ask you right now to remember what all the things that God has done in your life before. You know, if he did it before, he will do it again. God has not forgotten how to be God. So that means he will not forget about you. Don't think God's too busy for you. He is still the way maker. Oh, I said he is still the way maker. I mean, some people need to believe that. Amen. So God is speaking to your wandering. He's speaking to your wandering. He's telling someone here today, hey, you're wandering. I have a call for you in your life. It's going to be great. I'm going to do something special. Listen to me. Turn north. Turn north. Turn north. Turn into the direction where I am leading you. Turn to the direction where I want you to go. Not to where your family wants you to go. Not to where your friends want you to go. To where I want to go. Want you to go. Amen? Turn north. Tell someone to turn north. It's to shift your focus. Shift your focus. Hallelujah. Turn north. So it doesn't feel good when, when God refines us. Right? 
but he doesn't want our situation to define us, right? He doesn't want circumstances to define us. Like we allow like people, um, um, uh, circumstances, all these things to define us, right? And but a lot of times, being in that fire, <laughs> um, we it's, it doesn't it doesn't feel good. But two reasons that God refines us: one is to prepare us for His plans and purpose for our lives, and to show His reflection in us. Remember Daniel and his three friends in the burning flame furnace. Amen. How there was three. But then the guards saw four, his reflection of Christ in that burning furnace. Amen. So, so when God is refining us, he, he wants to show his, himself in us. Amen. He wants to show himself in us. Because God's priority is to make us fruitful, not comfortable. How many want to be fruitful? Amen. So you're asking to be uncomfortable. So last, last point here of, of ways that God can turn your mess into a miracle. It's when you find peace in your mess. It's when you find that peace in your mess. Philippians, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. It says, Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always. I mean, like always, always? Like even when things are difficult, always? Because it, it, that's what it says. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always, in case we forgot, it says again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. In some uh, texts it says the Lord is near. He is near. He is near. It says, be anxious for nothing. Like, nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. So that means every time we begin to worry, we should see that as an invitation to pray. Because prayer draws resources from the invisible realm into the visible realm. So the more you worry, the less you pray. <clears throat> but the more you pray, the less you worry. Wow. Oh, so, see, I didn't even get that. A lot of you didn't get that, right? So the more you worry, the less you pray, but the more you pray, the less you worry. So it says that in everything, by prayer and supplication, Everything.
by prayer and supplication. You bring everything to God to gather resources from the invisible realm into the visible realm. It says with thanksgiving, let your request may, may be known to God. So I know it says with Thanksgiving, I know prayer can be frustrating at times because we don't see instant results. But we can't be moment by moment people. Amen. So he says, regardless, let's 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 go to God with Thanksgiving, with Thanksgiving. Give thanks not to our problems, but for the God you are inviting into your mess. You give thanks to God for who he is, knowing with confidence that he'll take care of your mess. I'm just inviting you into my mess because I know that you're going to take care of it. I'm just giving thanks of who you are. Amen. You are the great, great father. Thank you for everything, Lord God. If you've done nothing else, Lord God, I am still thankful. But he didn't just leave us with that. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. I love this. It says, the peace of God. Of God, which surpasses all understanding, surpasses all understanding. So this peace is not based on our circumstances or our own understanding. Amen. It's like you can't really comprehend this type of peace. And what I mean by that, right? You can be going through. Listen, I've we. This is like me and my family, this is the rough season that we've ever encountered in our lives. Just point blank. It's just, it's the hardest season, and we've taken things literally day by day. And I'm telling you right now, I can share this. This is my testimony. This, this scripture has saved my life. See, it's one thing to read about peace, to teach about peace, but it's another thing to experience this type of peace, what he's saying. It says the peace, this peace of God surpasses all understanding, which means that you can can go through what you're going through and you don't understand how you're doing it. It's like, how am I not crazy? Right? How am I not angry? Why am I still hoping? Why do I still have joy? Why, how can I get up in the, still get up in the morning and have purpose? How can I do all this? Because it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. 
because God gives you this peace and you don't understand why you're, you know, how you're still functioning? Because is this peace that no one else can give you? No one else can give you to, to console you? No one else can give you this type of peace? This peace only comes from God. It's how I'm able to stand today. Like, I know what this text means. I'm living it. I'm living it. See, having peace is not about understanding what you are going through. It's about knowing who's with you while you're going through it. And it says this peace will guard your heart and your mind. And your mind. There's a lot of things, a lot of times we try to understand things with our minds. We try to understand why why we're going through what we're going through. But this peace will guard your mind. So you don't get discouraged. You don't forget about what God has done in your life. And it guards your heart. You can still love. You can still have passion. You can still pour into people. It will guard your heart. Because people try to put things into your heart. It will guard it. Said no, it's this, this peace will guard, guard you. You can't take this peace that God's given me. This is a different type of peace. It's a type of peace I didn't earn. This type of peace I don't even understand. I can't even describe it to you. I can't break it down to you, but it's just this peace that not even you can take it from you. No circumstance can take this peace from you. And so how does this peace guard your heart? It's when you let him reign over it. When you let God reign over your heart. God can't guard what you don't give him. He cannot guard what you don't give him. So even when you don't understand things, you're going through some mess. It's like, just give him, invite him into your mess. When you invite God into your mess, you're giving him your heart. Say, God, just, just take, just take my heart. Just, I invite you in. I don't know what's going on, but I invite you in to my mess. And then He will show you His love is more powerful than your mess. And you watch, He will turn your mess into a miracle. Come on, stand with me. Come on, stand with me. I mean, I know it was a messy miracle. Jesus had to use a little spit to heal this man. I love it because what tells us is that we live messy lives because we live in a messy world. 
But Jesus did what he had to do. We may not understand it. But he healed the man. I don't know how God wants to get to you. I don't know if you are in need of healing today. I don't know how he will heal you, how he's going to heal you. Maybe it's your heart he needs to heal. Because you got some mess in your heart. I know I do. God had to deal with the mess in my heart. Messes. Miracles can be messy. Because that's just who we are. But I believe God is stepping in to your situation. He's going to turn it into a miracle. I really hope you believe that here this morning. Change is coming. Change is coming. Change is coming. Change is coming. Oh, I want to speak to those who've been serving God for a very long time. Things are a little heavy on you right now. You might be questioning certain things. Maybe a little doubt's creeping in because it happens to the best of us. I want to speak to you this morning. And it's just simple. God is just saying change is coming. Maybe he's asking you to turn north. Because maybe you're just focusing on things that's all around you, things, the mess that's all around you. Maybe he's just refocusing you. Or maybe it's just, it's time for shift in general. It just may be a time for a shift in your life. He's doing something new. But someone, he's telling you to turn north. Hallelujah. If I can just have the altar team just come forward. We just want to end today's service with prayer. And we just want to pray over your mess. We just want to pray over your mess today. I don't know what that is. We all have it. I don't know what's going on in your life. You know. God knows. We just want you to bring those things to the altar. You feel like God is shifting you. We want to pray for you.
You feel like you've been distracted. We want to pray for you. You feel like God is preparing you for something. You feel like promotion is coming. We want to pray for you. You got family that are in need for prayer. We want to come alongside of you. There's some mess going on there. We want to pray for you. Your finances are a mess. We want to pray for you. There's an anointing up here. It's an anointing of deliverance and restoration restoration up here today. Because God is near, and when he is near, he's going to do something powerful. I believe the miraculous is in this place today. So God wants us to invite him in to our mess. If you are listening to us at home, I just want you to just lift your hands this morning. If you're here today, just lift your hands this morning. I just want to pray for you. And I just, before I pray, I just want you to say, God, I invite you into my mess. Because I believe that your love is greater than my mess. Now, God, turn my mess into a miracle. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. The altars are open. If you need some prayer, just come on up. There's an anointing up here. There's answers. I I believe God is going to give you some answers this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.